Hey everyone, welcome back for episode 94 of The Path Podcast. I am Jason. Hey there, I'm Derek. And we are so glad that you decided to join us on The Path today. We are continuing on in Missions Month this week. Um, We have a very special interview to share with you today. We have PJ Dunn and Thomas Hammond on the podcast this week. And um, you'll get to hear all about them here in just a little bit and how they serve our state through the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Um, and uh, so there's some, there's some great things that we're going to talk about there. But before we get to that, uh, Derek, we are back in the book of Revelation, Revelation 11. And uh, I think um, the way that we've said it in previous weeks is that we're getting to the weird portion of Revelation. Not that there's been aspects of, of weirdness, but this is the really, the we're, we're in the section of Revelation where you go, what? Um, and so... Um, help us maybe give us a little recap of it, it, it's hard we're breaking up chapter 11 of Revelation into three chunks and so it's hard to not talk about all of it at the same time but maybe just um, wet our appetites and remind us of what how we started uh, the the, chap, uh, the book of Revelation chapter <clears throat> 11 yesterday yeah I would just remind us first part of the reason it's weird is because we <clears throat> We are not as in tune with our Old Testament mm-hmm. as much as the folks John would have displayed this vision to, uh, yeah. released it to. They 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 would have known the original was, recipients of the letter. Yeah, that's they had those scriptures. Um, really, most of the New Testament at that point were just letters that were circulating. Yeah, had not been canonized yet, and right. so that was that was there. That was what they studied. Yeah, the Bible to them was just the Old yeah. Testament. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. We, you know, are not as in tune with that. So yeah. that that's part of it. And then I agree with you. Uh, and, we, and we've seen that displayed all oh, throughout yeah. the Book of Revelation. That when when we have a proper understanding of Old Testament scriptures, the things that typically are looked at as weird or difficult to understand are really not that difficult to understand if you have a, uh, a grasp of Old Testament right. prophecy and scripture. Yeah. Right, and so so that's already <laughs> something you've got to jump over. Yeah. But in this particular passage, even just the first six verses, the amount of Old Testament imagery yeah. is just... Uh, mind-bending it's just right. it's, it's like every line yeah, yeah yeah everything is steeped in the right. old testament so it's enough to make your head spin so i think that's part of it so we we have to dig into the old testament and help ourselves to understand where from where john is is at that the context he was in bringing this forward <clears throat> yeah so we see in this passage, in just these first six verses, we see that John is asked to measure um, the temple. And he's um, told that you know, there's going to be danger for, you know, for a period of time. It says 42 months, which is, you know, because everything is symbolic, it's probably symbolic. Yeah. Um, Though that is up for debate, sure. So, and I'm, you know, I, the answer. Uh, ultimately, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. But this this is where this is where some people would come to the oh, where there's three and a half years. Oh yeah, kind of stuff. Forty two yeah. months is three right. and a half years. Yeah. Um, 
But that that is a common time frame throughout sure. Scripture. Yeah. So it's it's it it could be symbolic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, especially when you take it in context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's. Every other <clears throat> thing here is symbolic. Why yeah. would that one thing not be? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do think that's helpful in interpreting it and understanding what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then these witnesses pop up. It right. specifically says to, a bit again, is to actual yeah. or is to symbolic. Because everything else is symbolic, there is a chance that yeah. it is symbolic. Um, you, you just have to think of those things. You have sure. to think through those things. Absolutely. At, at the end of the day, we don't know. Right. And it's okay that we don't know. It's, it's okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, it is It okay. doesn't change the point of the passage. No. It doesn't change no. the point. And then, and then these two witnesses are very akin to basically two olive trees, two lamps, or lamps and two olive trees that were symbolized in Zechariah chapter 2, which ultimately represented Zerubbabel um, and the high priest, the king Mm -hmm. and the priest. So the priest and the king. Yeah. These witnesses uh, hearken back to that. Right. Um, And then they're unharmable for a while. And then we see the imagery of Moses calling down plagues. Mm Mm-hmm. And Elijah uh, praying that it won't rain again right. for Joshua. Joshua, thank you. Yeah. No, it, no. It's, is yeah, it Elijah? It is Elijah. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Yeah, that Elijah uh, prays down that it, that it doesn't rain. Um, yeah. My bad. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who did I say? Josh. I, it's Joshua was the high priest. Yeah. Did I say that? No, he did not. Yeah. Zerubbabel. No. And what, Joshua. Zerubbabel was the high priest and Josiah was the king. Is that not right? It doesn't matter. Keep yeah. moving. You said it right yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so this it it gives us this imagery yeah. of these things that happen. Yeah. And these people come in and the, the, these witnesses witness in the power of God and the empowerment of God. Yeah. The oil... Um, uh, and the lampstands represents the spirit-empowered light of God, uh, anointing from God for that. And and so these two witnesses. So the thing that we talked about is that whether these are two literal witnesses or not, the the fact of the matter is, Biblically, in the New Testament, we see this theme mm-hmm. of the church being witnesses. Jesus right. starts it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when he says, You will be my witnesses mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the utter parts of the earth. Right. Uh, we see that again and again and again. And we see the imagery of the temple um, throughout the New Testament. The temple, the dwelling place of God, is the people of God, yeah. right? So... Um, Something we didn't talk about much yesterday, but I think it's very important to kind of think through is that anytime that we're thinking, you know, oftentimes we think about 
well, I've got to go to church today, right? right. I've, you know, we've got church today. We got to go to church today. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the church. Let's. It's all like a place, mm-hmm. but in scripture, in, in 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 reality, the place that God dwells now is no longer a house made. Peter says we're living stones. It's this yeah. this living house, right? Right. And then we see again and again Paul in First Corinthians and Second Corinthians talking about we are the temple mm-hmm. of God. You know, we are the yeah. dwelling place for the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God dwells within us. So we don't go to church. We are the church. Yeah. We don't just go to the house of God. We are the place in which the Spirit of God dwells, and we are uh, where where before the the temple, the tabernacle was this large thing central to the to the people of God. Um, people would go there to yeah. worship, go there, to, you know, and, and even outsiders could come. They could go to the outer get outer outer uh, courts, the temples, of, um, the courts of the Gentiles. I mean, yeah. and people would. It was a it was something to look at and see, and a yeah. beacon and go to, and all that. Yeah. Well, and you know, nothing wrong with this, but. You know, often, you know, we, we put steeples, we make our churches high. Yeah. You know, I think it was um, Charleston we went to. And, mm-hmm. like, if you're on the um, body of water, you can see, it's and it's called, the like, the Holy City or something like that. And that's because you see just steeples. Yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And that was intentional, you know, yeah. so people could see. Uh, you know where the churches were as yeah. soon as they came into um, into Charleston, and so all that to say is we've architecturally done the same thing for yeah. de- for you know hundreds of years, even here. Yeah. But the the thing is, is that that is not where it's not like the temple where that's where the holy of yeah. holies was. That's where God's presence was. Right. All that. No. Um. Jesus established a gathering of people, mm-hmm. and He places His Spirit on us, mm-hmm. and that's where God dwells now. Right, and we are a temple. We're the temple of God. We're the place um, in which He dwells, and we are the representation of Him, like those steeples, like the temple, the tabernacle that was centrally located that everyone can see. Right now, we go out, and people see <clears throat> Jesus in us. Yeah, He sees. Jesus in the church. That's why Jesus says, um, the world will know that you are my disciples mm-hmm. by the love that you have for one another. Yeah. Um, that's how people will know who Jesus is, who God is. Right. Through his church, through his people. We are witnesses. And so, you know, you know, trying to decipher you know, revelation and what will happen and who these witnesses are and what that might be and mm-hmm. how many years and blah, you know, all this. If we only focus on all that, we forget, we may forget, we have work to do. Yeah. We have a job to do. Yeah. We're the beacon of light to show the, you know, the lampstand, mm-hmm. to show the world who Christ is. Right. If we remember, we call back to Revelation chapter 1 uh, through 3, and Jesus systematically tells all these churches that like, listen, you're kind of erring here. Yeah. There are two that that weren't, but the others that were. And he says, 
keep doing that, I'm going to snuff out your lamps in, he right. says. You know, so it's like if you're not, you know, if you're not shining the light, what what what's the point? And, right. and so that that's what we have to do is we, we shine the light of Christ. And like that oil, those olive trees, and olive trees represent the oil and represent the filling of the Spirit mm-hmm. and the anointing of the Spirit. So we we come not in our own power and our own strength, but we come empowered by God through right. His Spirit to be witnesses in a dangerous world. Right. Uh, that you know that's what he talks about. Is like they they will trample on you for forty two months. It's like it's going to be dangerous. Right. And it is. It already is. It's already countercultural mm-hmm. to be a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. That's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. To be in the world but not of the world. Like we we have. Uh, before us a job to do and we don't have to be turds and we don't have to be jerks about right. it but we do we should be countercultural yeah like and when we are counter countercultural to this world that is pressing in this dangerous world is pressing in it's it's going to be fric- it's going to be frictionous right. it's going to have it's going to have friction and it's going to be um it's going to cause damage and, sure. and 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 the beauty of it is is that John is measuring it and again, that's calling back to Ze- uh, Zechariah four. Mm-hmm. He's measuring it uh, to so we know how big it is to protect it, kind of thing. Right. Um, but that protection doesn't mean that we won't, you know, that we're insulated and that we like we just have no um, anything to worry about at all. Right. It just means yeah, that we're not in through a it all, we'll make it. At, we'll make it to the end. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Right, and mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, to your point, there there is a there is a big difference between boldness for the sake of the gospel and arrogance for the yeah. sake of the gospel. There's a, those are two very different things, and um and 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 so it like we we've talked we talk about this a lot around here is that it was the it's the kindness of God that leads us mm-hmm. to repentance. That doesn't mean that God came and said, you know, I mean, if you want to accept this, mm-hmm. that'd be cool. But if not, no worries. God doesn't come, you know, mild like that. He comes boldly and says, you need this, yeah. but he does it in a kind way. And we need to follow that example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the incredible thing is that God, God has chosen to use us to display mm-hmm. his glory. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is his plan. The church is plan A, yeah. you know, and, um, and so let's embrace that. <laughs> let's embrace the fact that we're witnesses, that, that, I mean, what what an incredible thing that we get the opportunity to show Jesus to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, that He uses us to. Um, w- one of the verses you read yesterday was um, Zechariah was asking the question uh, about like uh, he said, "By what conduit does this oil flow?" Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we are the conduit by which oh, the yeah. Holy Spirit flows out into the world, and that's that's awesome. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, what what an incredible honor, what an incredible responsibility that God has given us that we get to be His witnesses and. Um, and I, and I think that that's, that's really something that, um, we need to remind ourselves of every day yeah. because it changes the way we interact with the world around us. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, it affects the way we respond to people who are less than kind to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It affects the way that we look at every situation we go into and think, okay, how can I display God's glory in this situation that it's just a, a mundane interaction that you might have during mm-hmm. the day. But let's start to think, how can I use this interaction to display God's glory? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it really it really starts to make everything that we do 
have more purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, well, I'm going through the motions of my day and, you know, I'm going to work or I'm going to school or whatever. Um, it, it's, okay, this, I have a purpose here today. Let me figure out how to leverage every situation I come into so that I can display Jesus to mm-hmm. the world around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said, you know, we're the conduit for the Holy Spirit to flow. I love that. And if we are, then we should be displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely, yeah. We know what that is. Mm-hmm. We, we've got a verse. That's right, <laughs> yeah. And it tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, yeah. peace, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, gentleness, self-control. Mm-hmm. I promise. Goodness. Me. Goodness, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, so all that to say... And I don't, I don't know why we get this confused. I don't, I don't understand why we get this confused. I mean, I, I know we do, and I kind of know why. But we assume that standing firm and standing against the world means that we are, we are the ones measuring it to determine mm, yeah. whether it is righteous or not, or perfect or not, or whatever. The thing is, is the world, it doesn't have a lick of righteousness in it. Right. Why would we be surprised the world acts like the world? Sure. Why would we be surprised that the lost act like the lost? Mm-hmm. Why we? Why would we get our proverbial underwear in a wad mm-hmm. over how people act? Right. Lost people act like lost people. Yeah. yeah. And and we don't need to be the ones to point out and judge and like mm-hmm. you know be the the police of it. I guess is what I'm trying right. to say. Right. We need to be the ones standing. On the precipice, the the city on the hill, if you will, mm-hmm. to use scripture, shining light it say, listen, where you're at is dangerous waters. Yeah. But where we at is where we're at is dry land. Mm-hmm. There's hope here. Yeah. There's help here. There's life here. There's far greater things that you than what you face there yeah. here. Yeah. That's what it means to be bold. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, and at the at the same time, we, we need to remember that were it not for the grace of God, we'd be out in those dangerous waters mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And that we we did not swim hard enough to get our way back onto mm-hmm. that dry land. God put us on that dry land. Yeah. I mean, what you know, Psalm says he he lifted me from the miry clay uh-huh. and set my feet on the rock. Yeah. It didn't say I climbed up out of the miry mm-hmm. clay and I stood on the rock. But oftentimes that's how we approach it. Absolutely, yeah. That's where this that spiritual self, arrogance comes in. This yeah. Spiritual arrogance, this yeah. self righteousness. Absolutely. It says, look at what I've done. Look at who I am. Mm-hmm. And look how you are shameful. You yeah, shameful, you dirty sinner over you. there. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think we should leave. I think we should leave those things up to God. God is a much better judge. Absolutely. Of people's hearts. Because he told Samuel that. Mm-hmm. He says, Samuel, you look on the outside, but I look on the heart. I, yeah. I, when he's choosing David over these right. you know, giant of men of his brothers, that yeah. much more tall, much more dark, much more handsome kind of yeah. guys, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. And, oh, they must be the kings. Right. Like, yeah. They rut- look like a king. This ruddy dude, you know, and he's, yeah. you know, he's dirty from tending sheep, probably stinks like yeah. the sheep. You know, he, he was nothing of any consequence to look at. <clears throat> But he's the one that God chose because he knew his heart. Yeah. And and um and so who are we to who are we to be the judges? God is a much better judge than I am. Yeah. 
I'm called to shine the light of his love. I'm called I'm called to be a conduit of the Holy Spirit to, That's right. to display the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, um, yeah, we get that mixed up because we, we just think for some reason that I have to be I have to be the police at times. Yeah, yeah we do that. And that's not our job. No, that's not. That's our not. job is, and it's still hard. It's not, I mean, it's not easy. Yeah. It's still countercultural. It's countercultural to say, love your enemies. Yeah. It's countercultural to say, um, your righteousness, righteousness is not good enough. Mm-hmm. To earn your salvation, yeah. you need an alien righteousness to come and be a part of your life. You that's need right. imputed righteousness from God. You know, you yeah. need that's that's countercultural. Mm-hmm. People don't like it because they think they're self-sustaining, self-sufficient, yeah. and they don't need anybody else. They don't need God. Right. And so, you know, all that to say, all that to say, is that we we um, we are to be witnesses to the world. And we need to stand strong yeah. and stand firm because the world, it, it has a totally different mindset. Yeah, It would love to drag us down into all that. But um, but we don't have to be turds about it. And, uh, and um, we can be kind in yeah. our boldness uh, in the midst of it all. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a great segue into our uh, interview today, because when we do go out to shine Jesus to the world around us, we don't go alone. Mm-hmm. Number one, the Holy Spirit goes with us. Number two, we have each other here in the family at Lafayette first. And then outside of that, there are great structures that, that God and his grace has allowed to be set up mm-hmm. to help us shine Jesus to the world around us. And so today, we're going to interview uh, Thomas Hammond, who is the executive director of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and P.J. Dunn, who is the discipleship consultant for um, the state of Georgia, or for North Georgia. Uh, and so we're going to hear from them about how there's this um, structure that's set up to help us best interact with the world around mm-hmm. us. So listen to this interview, and we will be back to wrap things up here in just a minute. All right, everyone. Well, as promised, we are here with PJ Dunn, who is the discipleship, um, who's the discipleship coordinator for consultant. consultant. You're close. You're close. Discipleship consultant (laughs) for North Georgia, and we are also here with Thomas Hammond, who is the executive director of the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. So, thank you guys both for being here. Uh, We're glad that you're here. Um, If you would, just um, whoever wants to go first, tell us a little bit about you. What um, position you hold and, and uh, how you serve our state. Go ahead, PJ. All right. So um, my, my position really is that I help support churches. And what we want to do is move the needle in discipleship. And so we do that through a lot of ways uh, at the state level, but really it's about building relationships that replicate relationships. So mm-hmm. disciple making, right? That, that's a shocker. Novel idea. Yeah, novel idea. And yeah. so we do it at our level too. And so, um, so we do a lot of gatherings. We do a lot of activities. But at the end of the day, we want to be for people. So we, we help our churches see who their people are in a lot of ways and um, and help equip them. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Thomas? Well, you look at the Georgia Baptist Convention, it's 3,500 churches across our state. It's every county, every town, every city. 
that has Georgia Baptist churches. And what they have decided to do is to cooperate together mm -hmm. to reach Georgia and the world with the gospel. And so they have actually decided to fund a mission board. And that's what I lead is the mission board. And we are actually people who come alongside pastors and churches to help encourage, resource, and train our pastors and, uh, and also our churches. Sometimes it's a resource or it's a training. Sometimes it's helping them connect what they need that's across our state, become aware of this, or even help them find partners uh, with things that they're passionate about and want to do. So we're all about reaching the, uh, really the nine million people in Georgia that aren't participating in any church right now yeah. and are desperately in need of a savior. So mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. Absolutely. So what are some of the ways that um, the Georgia Baptist Mission Board is working in some specific areas uh, across the state? So there's two main rails that everything runs on, and that would be pastoral wellness and then church strengthening. So we emphasize in our pastoral wellness teams uh, five areas of focus for our pastors. They're spiritual, they're physical, they're, they're vocational health, they're financial health, and uh, their spiritual health. And so the other area aspect is church strengthening. We want churches to be strong. We know that healthy pastors are always much more... Of, of an, have much greater impact on churches yeah. and so we want to pour into them but we also want to resource and train churches to to be more effective in reaching their community discipling the saved and ministering to the needs of their community so it's it's a variety of things it's missions it's reaching the next generation it's going beyond the the uh, city limits or the county uh, lines to all over georgia all over the world literally yeah, absolutely. So part of uh, here in Missions Month for us at Lafayette First is that part of that offering that we take up all month is going to go towards Mission Georgia. And so could you guys talk for just a couple of minutes about um, what is Mission Georgia? How is um, what we are going to collect and help give? How is that going to uh, impact what's happening across the state? So Mission Georgia actually focuses on five areas of need in Georgia. And these five areas are foster care and adoption, literacy, there also are um, immigrants and refugees, pre- and postnatal care for uninsured mothers, and then also sex trafficking. Those mm -hmm. are what we would consider to be needs that are not found in just Atlanta or large metropolitan areas. They're in every county yeah. in Georgia. And so if you look at foster care adoption, 13,000 children are in mm -hmm. foster care. Many of them spent the night in a hotel last night because there wasn't a home for them to sleep in. And this is a great opportunity for the body of Christ to step into the really the gap between the mother or father or the parents' ability to take care of their kids, yeah. uh, and will give them a chance to really to get their lives together without having children under their care. Uh, but when you look also at trafficking, sadly, Atlanta is not the only place in Georgia where, sadly, sex trafficking is taking place. It's all across Georgia. The average girl that's trafficked is 14 years old. Mm. But it's not just girls, it's boys as well. And so what we're wanting to do is partner with other entities and parachurch organizations that are already working with uh, trafficking to end trafficking, but also to minister to the needs of those who've been trafficked. Uh, we're actually building, Georgia Baptist are, we're building 15 tiny homes to help girls who have children who are coming out of trafficking. Right now, there's very little housing for girls who have children. They have, yeah. If you don't have children, we have pl uh, plenty of housing for you. But this will give them a chance to live, to have some normalcy and some privacy for them and their children while they're getting counseling and they're having mm. uh, d the doctor and the uh, medical care and they're getting back into their education, job skills, training, and getting back to the lives that that, uh, that God has created for them. And of course, all this is done with the foundation of Jesus Christ as Lord. So they're, they're growing in their faith uh, or they're hearing for the first time about faith and the impact that it has mm. in their life. 
So go ahead. So yeah, so so what do we get to do at the consultant level? We get to yeah. help be ambassadors and let churches know how they can partner. And mm-hmm. and we are better together, right? And so when we go out, we we tell about the needs, we tell about them was, but we also connect with the ones that really pull out our strings. And so the one for me is literacy, you mm-hmm. know, and I have I have dyslexia. And so for me, um, having uh, somebody that's with a person that is really struggling with that. Um, could change their life forever, yeah. right? And in the process, we make disciples because it's all connected, right? We're on mission. We're focused towards these things. You can volunteer towards these things. It's not just about money. Uh, it's about reaching your local school and becoming an advocate for somebody that's really struggling with that. Yeah, that's great. There's a resource called Read Georgia, mm-hmm. and it really focuses the church on the third grade because we know what happens to a child at fourth grade level if they don't read a fourth grade at that fourth grade level and their comprehension is not there, then they are really begin, begin to get left behind because things start ramping up by the fifth right. grade. Yeah. And so what we do is focus on the third grade and we're trying to partner churches and schools. Right now we have hundreds of churches that are doing this. Uh, we want thousands of churches that are doing it yeah. across our state. So that's yeah. a very important. If a child can't read, he can't read the Bible. Yeah. So we want sure. them to be able to, to read for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I was, gonna, um, I was just going to say that as a pastor, number one, I'm very appreciative of um, the the mission board's um, mission of pastors are heroes, mm-hmm. and um, uh, particularly that, but the rest of it as well. That the churches um, are are um, remind me of that priority, priority mm-hmm. and uh, Georgia's our mission field. So yeah. I'm so thankful for that three tiered approach you brought when you came and. And I have felt the benefits of not only pastor strengthening, but uh, our church strengthening, but pastor wellness as well. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm also super stoked and excited about Mission Georgia and what we're doing uh, in these ways and finding trying to find opportunities as well to involve our church in mm-hmm. um, those things like foster care. That's something the Lord's put on our heart. Uh, as well years mm-hmm. ago and to find those ways that we can partner with and help in that uh, in that way and in other ways as well so uh, thank you so much I'm I, number one have been a beneficiary to uh, uh, the direction the mission board has gone under your leadership but also I think our church is, uh, is also benefiting as well so, yeah. and you and you talked about uh, what well, we talked a little bit about you know why do we do this yeah you know and why are, why are we here and I can tell you for me that that answer is why why I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing life change and building relationships because okay. often we don't talk to the the churches down the street in our own county, mm-hmm. and so sometimes we can gather them in a different way. And it's like, hey, let's talk about discipleship. That's a learning community, yeah. right? And it's just building relationships that are already there, but helping facilitate environments where that happens. Man, that's just exciting, right? Yeah. Um, but that life change moment in somebody's life, just when they accept Christ, but also when they are a disciple maker. Right. They go from that one from sitting in the pew, from sitting in that Sunday school class environment and they're out making disciples who make disciples. You know, that's 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 why I'm, I'm a part of it. That's right. Yeah. And all this is done through relationships. Yeah. yeah. And once again, the, the fact that we have a mission board that helps the churches, the George Baptist churches, it, it enables us to do. There are certain things that we can do that a church couldn't do, mm-hmm. but a mission board can help all of us do together. For example, in Mission Georgia, re- refugees and immigrants are part of the the uh, really the the work that we're doing right now we have uh, hundreds if not thousands of Afghanis that are coming into into mm-hmm. Georgia and they're going to about six areas in Georgia we know this because now the state knows that we're working with them yeah so they're partnering with us here's a great story though uh, we have a large church uh, Russian church in Atlanta 
that is ministering to Ukrainian refugees right oh, now wow. that have just come to Atlanta. Wow. And it is a beautiful picture of what happens with the body of Christ that's and the great. transformation that yep. Christ makes in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Man, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. So what would you guys say to someone who maybe says, well, I'm not, I'm not called to mission work. I'm not called to, um, you know, the, the old cliche is, well, God's not called me to go to Africa, right? And so um, what would you say to the person who says that they're not called to mission work? I think it's just part of uh, what is a fully devoted follower of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there are things that we are called to and that we are uniquely gifted to. And then there's things that are part of being a disciple. And part of being a disciple is to be evangelistic, yeah. um, to, to also know and grow, right? But it's also to be missional. If you're not doing that last part, then it's not there. So every Sunday school class, every uh, life group class should be going on mission. Mm-hmm. Now, some of us aren't physically able. There's different ways to do that. But, but it's not really an option, right, yeah. in the disciple-making process to be uh, missionary-minded, uh, even though the Lord might not be calling you overseas. I was on a mission trip over in Hong Kong, and I was writing. Uh, we were engaged. Me and my wife were engaged at the time, and I kept writing emails about how excited I was, and I'm passing out Bibles. I'm learning phrases, you know, yeah. and uh, about Wednesday through, I, I sent her a little note, and I said, I know I'm really excited, but I'm still not called to be an overseas missionary. <laughs> I just want to clarify that a little bit. Yeah. And she laughed, and she said, well, I was wondering because you're so excited. We should be excited, but not everybody's called to Africa or Hong Kong or to be over there as a full-time missionary, but we're all called to do missions. That's right. You know, we also, as we know it, because Paul talks about to the church at Corinth that we're the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, what he did here, he left us here to continue the work Mm -hmm. until he comes back. And so whatever that means, does it mean that we go across the street? Absolutely. Does it mean that we go to another county? Certainly. Uh, it means that some of us will go to another state or to another country. Yeah. But Paul said this in, uh, in Philippians. He said, I'm trying to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Mm-hmm. And so it's really accomplishing what uh, God has saved us for. And the things that he's called me to do is going to be different than what he's called you to do. Sure. But he's called us all to the work. And that's what we need to be doing is trying to figure out what it is that, why, why did Jesus make us and save us? And where, where does he want us to be serving? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I, as a pastor, you know, a lot of times you are, you're dealing uh, with ministry within the context of the church. Of course, you're, you know, I'm constantly sharing the importance of, of talking with um, church members and believers and trying to help them understand these things. And, um, but you, every now and again, you get this moment of just super excitement and the Lord answers your prayers. I, I pray every day, Lord, help me to embrace this day. Whatever you bring to me, whoever you bring my way, let me be ready for that. Let me be prepared to, to share with them. And it was just recently that um, um, through through our Google um, ad, our Google page, mm-hmm. someone reached out, wanted to know about how to be saved. Essentially, they wanted to be baptized, but was able to share the gospel with them. It was a young 19-year-old, um, young mother with her uh, boyfriend, who's the child's father. They live together, and they wanted to know how to be saved. They came to my office, mm. they, um, and they, um, she was very interested and kind of knew a lot of things. I was able to walk through her uh, with her through trusting the Lord. I, I speak to the, the boyfriend, and I said, hey, you know, you seem very interested. He was right there. Uh, yeah, in the midst of conversation as well, and I said, "You seem very interested as well. You know, have you ever thought about trusting Jesus as your Savior?" And he says, "Well, I believe in God, but I believe in some pagan stuff too." And we didn't get into that. I don't know what that means, but at the end of it, 
he they both prayed to receive Christ Amen. that day in my office. And, um, you know, it's not always going to be like that for all of us. Right. But, you know, what's cool. And I told that story to our church. And, like, within, within like, just days, I, I had church members saying, someone, I got to witness to somebody at the CBS mm-hmm. the other day. I got to witness to somebody That's at right. the golf course the other day. And so it, it catches, you know. And as we all realize this is our this is our calling, mm-hmm. and we pray those prayers. Lord, let me be ready and prepared to 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 receive whatever you have for me today, and whoever you bring my way. And so, um, hearing that on our level, on the state level, mm-hmm. it's just exciting to hear Russian Christians mm-hmm. taking in Ukrainian, Ukrainian refugees. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about. Yeah. 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 It's, so it's very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. totally agree. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the. Um, the beauty about what you just shared, uh, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily know what the uh, result is of our labor. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell folks, if I'm sharing with somebody and met them for the first time and I'm able to lead them to Christ, mm-hmm. I know I'm harvesting from somebody else's work. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And yeah. so somebody's been planting and mm-hmm. sowing and mm-hmm. watering. Yeah, uh, and uh, and now I'm uh, I'm over here, and I, I get the blessing of, yes. of being the harvester. Mm-hmm. But uh, we all have a part in that oh, as, yeah. as far as being obedient today. And so, there's a, a skill that a, a a person who was discipling me taught me. He said, Thomas, always when you meet somebody, always try to give them a a a a, um, a memory of something that will be encouraging to them mm-hmm. toward the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because people are discouraged. They might have people in their lives speaking against the Lord. Mm-hmm. But if you can put something in their mind, in their heart, mm-hmm. like a, a seed of truth in their in their mind, and so you just never know what that what that mm-hmm. influence can can have on their life for eternity. Yeah, That's absolutely. So um, you know, obviously, cooperative program dollars that we are going to collect and, and give will go towards helping some of this mission work. But what are some ways that um, people here at Lafayette First could be involved in uh, the work that's happening around the state? Okay. Well, there's there's several things that are going on. First of all, uh, the encouragement and participation that we have with church planting. Uh, so when you do give the cooperative program. Uh, we, we desperately need more churches in Georgia. You said we got 3,500. Mm-hmm. Isn't that enough? The, amazingly enough, some of the places where we have churches are not in areas in which our population is growing. Sometimes it's actually actually mm-hmm. declining. Yeah. And so we see these pockets around our state where we're seeing a great increase of folks that are moving into a new area. Um, and so we're trying to plant churches in those areas that will be very effective. And so partnering with that would be great. We're trying to get churches to partner with other churches to plant churches all across the state. Mm-hmm. That's a major emphasis. The other thing, too, is we're uh, we're investing in, um, right now, 36 campuses across the state with our BCM work. These mm-hmm. are that's mm-hmm. Baptist uh, ministry, the collegiate ministry. But uh, we want to, there's over 115 campuses in Georgia. And so if... if what we want to do is come alongside churches and say, hey, there's a campus in your community. Yeah. It, may be, it may be a little bit away or it may be right next to you. And what we want to do is come alongside and resource and train you so that you can start a campus ministry mm-hmm. there. Uh, we've got a number of – we hope to be on 58 campuses here in the next – probably next year, mm-hmm. which would be a great increase. And all of those would be churches that are volunteering, saying we mm-hmm. want to, we want to be, have a weekly participation or activity uh, or in-reach uh, on that campus. So yeah. those are two really significant ways 
of being a part of what yeah. we're doing across awesome. the state. That's great. Absolutely. What, what about from the discipleship side of things? Yeah, from the discipleship standpoint, um, we do host a lot of uh, ways to gather and mm-hmm. invest in one another. And so uh, participating in Spark, whether it be online or in person, is a great way to get involved in what we're doing through CP Giving. Mm-hmm. But but more than that is to be active serving in discipleship. Yeah. And, and honestly, we're all trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Like there's not just one answer. There's not just one way to do that. But we're partnering with um, the pastor, the discipleship leader, lay leaders. You know, we're working with the entire church um, to do that. So giving to CP allows us to help other churches make it. And we're just seeing people uh, doing phenomenal things in discipleship right now, growing their churches, not just numerically, but spiritually. And yeah. we see people wanting uh, to be a disciple maker. You know, they've never done that in their life and they're in their 50s. And they're like, mm-hmm. how do I get, how do I do that? I, I, I just attend right now. Mm-hmm. So um, one way is to be involved in Spark and those kind of things. Another way is to support your pastor. Mm-hmm. So a, a big takeaway for discipleship is, um, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a process at your church that your pastor desperately wants you to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. And so part, part of serving is just saying, hey, pastor, um, this is how I'm gifted. You know, and I know that you all do that here. You find mm-hmm. out who uh, who you are, how God's uniquely equipped you, and say, this is how I can be best used. You know, don't just sit in one seat because you're expected to, but sit in the seat that God uniquely gifted you to do mm-hmm. to serve in discipleship. Yeah, that's great. Anything else to add? Nope. All right. Well, um, Thomas, PJ, thank you guys so much for being here with us today. We appreciate all the work that you do. Um, appreciate you taking time for little old us here in Lafayette, oh, Georgia. Nah. And, let, me, let me say this to you. Yeah. Thank you for what you do to partner with uh, all of the churches in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we look at our situation, we might think, well, we, you know, we have this uh, uh, this area of our, of our state, and it may not be a metropolitan area, but listen, we can't reach Georgia if we don't reach every county. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't reach Georgia if we don't reach every school. Mm-hmm. And so every, every area is equally important to all of us because it's equally important to Jesus. And so what you do makes a significant difference across the state. Because there are some areas that just don't have the resources sure. or manpower to do what uh, what you guys are doing right now. So. Yeah, and I, and I want to say thank you to Pastor. I want to say thank you yeah. to you, Derek, because um, your investment in other churches through Spark and leading, mm-hmm. um, but also gatherings, man, it is just felt. And it is not lost on us how much it takes. You have so much on your plate. Uh, we appreciate what you do, but thank you for taking the extra time to invest. And thank you for asking the questions yeah, so absolutely. that we could be a part of what y'all are doing here. Yeah. First Baptist, you're blessed to have a great staff. Yeah. You are. <laughs> you're a great church. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. We appreciate it. Thanks. Amen. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you, Thomas and PJ, for being here. It was such an honor to have them uh, come be on our little old podcast here. Um, but, you know, we have this incredible thing that is the Georgia Baptist Mission Board that we get to be a part of as, as Southern Baptist Church. And um, it's an incredible um, platform to propel us forward to interact mm-hmm. with the world around us. So, Yeah. And Thomas mentioned the annual meeting this year in Augusta. We, yeah. We'd love to take a group. Yeah. Uh, I think we get uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, messengers and so we can take guests beyond that it'd yeah. be great to take a group um, we get to see I'm excited about seeing the uh, IMB sending service on Sunday night Yeah. so it's November 13th 14th and 15th mm-hmm. that's a and, Sunday Monday and Tuesday yeah if you're interested of in going for the whole thing or any part of that let me know uh, email me at Derek at LafayetteFirst.life and uh, I will, I'll get you signed up and, um, and help you figure out, you know, hotel and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we'd, we'd love to take a group of our church just to see, for our church to see what we, uh, what we get to be a part of. So, um, hope you, hope 
we'd love for you to join us. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be um, specifically like Thomas mentioned that we there's an incredible opportunity. So every state convention does not get to have an IMV sending service mm-hmm. as a part of their um, as a part of their annual meeting. That's typically reserved for the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it is the 200th uh, meeting of the Georgia Baptist Convention, the International Mission Board is going to come. And having been a part of two of those now. Um, it is a powerful, powerful reminder mm-hmm. of how God calls us out of our comfort zone into um, the uncharted waters that are what he would have for us to do. And, um, you know, I think you've said this in the past, but just to see people like who they can't even show their faces on camera because they're going to a part of the world where it would be dangerous for their faces to be known like that, um, to say, hey, God has called us and our kids to move to Southeast Asia to, for the sake of the gospel. Or Afghanistan. Yeah, or Afghanistan or somewhere really, you know, these hostile pla- these places that are hostile to the gospel. It's just, it's something that needs to be experienced. It just really is. It's a powerful moment just to, as a reminder of the fact that God is still at work in incredible ways in our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that we get to be a part of that. And so here's where we turn it over to you, that we would love to know how how is God stirring in your heart to maybe be a more bold witness for him? Um, not a more arrogant witness, but a more bold witness for him in the world. We would love to hear about that. You can email us at thepath at lafayettefirst.life, or you can comment right on this YouTube video. We'd love to know how God is working in your life and how we can celebrate that with you. Uh, first off, but then also continue to propel you forward to say, here's how we can resource you or here's how we can keep keep encouraging you. Um, but thank you for joining us today. Until next time, I am Jason. I'm Derek. We hope you'll join us as we continue down the path next time.